Could not be more pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast, Matt Damon. Are you one of those Patriot fans that takes Lee in the Jets and the butt fumbling? Scene? I made the Liberace movie this year, so that's fine. <laughs> There's some butt fumbling in that movie, too. Just a wee little bit. <laughs> Larry David, good to see you, sir. I think a lot of writers can be offensive coordinators. What's harder? If I could write stories, why would I be able to draw up a play? He is none other than Broadway, Joe Namath. If Mark were to get the nod, and if he played decently, if, uh, if, what a big word for only two letters, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Cannavale. I told you my Derek Jeter story. I had Yankees, Atlanta, for the World Series. Screaming, screaming, screaming. Nothing, nothing, nothing. He doesn't even look at me. Finally, last at bat, eighth <laughs> inning, yeah. Jeter comes up. Derek! Just turn around, man! Just turn around! <laughs> Finally, he like dumb. He does the thing with the weight. He's about to go up. He turns around. He looks at me. He goes, "Bro, I hear you." <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to a late week. Second edition of the Rich Eisen podcast, as we are one game into week number 12, fresh off a flight from the ATL from Atlanta, Georgia, where the Falcons were game. They gave a game to the Saints. Uh, well, I mean, by, by that I mean they gave them a good game. They didn't <laughs> give the game away. They played as great a game as we've seen them play in the last month plus, but they have now lost five in a row. The Saints did what they needed to do, which was win on the road and set up that Week 13 finale game on Monday Night Football on ESPN as the game for the top seed in the NFC. And they also kept Cam Newton at arm's length as best they can, the rampaging Panthers with six straight wins. They needed that win. They got it last night. Good to see you, Chris Law. Good Rich, to see you. good to see you. You're, you're tracking your flight on the way back. You just made it. Flight tracker? Flight tracker. Like Brett Favre, one of yes. those flights with Brett Favre when we were tracking every every movement that he used to make? Yeah. Um, and uh, Chris Brockman will join us in a moment. Yeah, he's over in Nettet Bay. He'll be popping over shortly. Oh, good job. Good good job yes. covering for him. Good no, job covering no, for no him, problem. Chris Law. That's, see, that's you doing your job. He's just but not answering The reason uh, why we're having a second uh, podcast of the week is we have a very special guest in studio, a man who... Uh, uh, needs no introduction, but I'll give him one. Um, he is the CEO of Twitter, uh, in many ways the man of the hour in recent days, uh, with the IPO of Twitter being the smash success that people uh, were expecting wow. and hoping. It. I'll give it to you that wow, way. That's... You know, uh, and, and well, well, part of this is also, well, <laughs> he, he's Dick Costello of, of Twitter. Good to see you, Dick. Thanks for having me here. Uh, part of w- what I'm trying to do is not only uh, interview you and make sure you have a good time and that you want to come back. But part of I want to. I'm break, already having a good time. Good part yeah, of me wants we're off to, to a good start. I, I need to break business news just Uh-oh. so I can have that okay. on my resume. In my well, we'll in try my to life, think of something. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll conjure up something. You want to be on Squawk Box? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and Chris Law and Chris Brockman, my my two uh, trusty podcast producers, want the blue check mark. They don't know how to get the blue check mark. <laughs> it's the, a mystery. These are the thing, These are like my bullet points coming. Okay. Like if that was, I that if, was your to do list. Well, if, if break news get yes, verified if. I had an overhead projector PowerPoint <laughs> presentation to give to you. Those would be the top two priorities. That would be well, yeah, that would be about it. But uh, you having a enjoying the experience would would be would be top of the list. Okay. And plus, you're a Michigan man, and um, yes, sir. So I want to get into that right off the bat before we, we start peeling this Twitter and sports onion here. Um, you're you're Royal Oak. You're a uh, Troy. Troy. Yes. You're a Troy native. Yes, sir. So 
that grew means up there. so you hold up you hold up the hand <laughs> you hold up the hand and you point and you point you know sort of by Detroit sort so of basically Detroit right around the, the right thumb around the area. thumb intersection with the rest of the hand and so did you piece. always want to go to the University of Michigan was that I did it was, was the only it was the only school I applied to so that's it good thing I got in no true, kidding true fact yeah no pressure One app, no pressure. I, you know, someone asked me recently, mm-hmm. well, what were you going to do if you didn't get in? And I realized I, don't, I, I, I hadn't apparently given it that much forethought because when the person asked me that, I, I didn't have a good answer. Mm-hmm. I just remember getting the you know, letter and opening it and thinking, phew. Mm-hmm. And what did you, when you walked onto campus, what were you, what were you hoping to become? Like what was your, your oh, wow. aspiration? Well, my dad was, a, my dad was a, a computer scientist, so I walked onto campus knowing I was going to study computer science there. So you went that to was, I went, I went in knowing that I was going to do that. So you went no, to it was back in, the, back in the good old days. It was on Central Campus. Okay. This is before everything moved to North Campus and they had the fancy engineering center up there. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you want. You went to Michigan saying you wanted to. I sound to... like my grandfather, I know, but this is, you know, <laughs> there was true, no, right? you know, Listen, there was no engineering center. But you can't. We didn't have screens like they do today. Dick, you can't be the CEO of Twitter and also be uh, somebody integral in the creation of FeedBurner, which makes podcasts like this possible. It's amazing, isn't and it? And say that you sound like your grandfather. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. You can't It's amazing. It. it all sort of it's coming together all in one studio, yeah. Twitter, the FeedBurner. I definitely want to get Michigan. to all of that. But the, I, I want to, like I said, the Michigan thing. When I went to campus, I was hoping to become a sportscaster. Come on. That's true. We both ended up doing what we were hoping to go do. In a way, yes. Yeah. But we both... On the way, dabbled in stand-up comedy. Yes. So did you, you did comedy, you did, I did stand-up Im- on Im- campus? I did, Im- I did, uh, so on campus I did do, I did do stand-up. Yeah, there was a, at the, at the U Club. U Club. Uh, you used to be able, on Wednesday night you could get up and do, you do stand-up. Laugh track, like, you yeah, did laugh exact, track? Exactly right. We're both laugh track Come alums. Come on. They should have like a you know a reunion. They should. Who well, knows who else did they it? They should. I feel like I should cue some slow music. Here There's no well, well, or have a two drink minimum, you know, or tip your waitress. Yeah, exactly. But that was. But that was no. That's awesome because yeah. that was one of the greatest things I've couldn't ever a, done. Couldn't agree more. Because so I, so I did that, and I got so, uh, I was so I loved doing that so much that. Uh, I had these offers to go take computer science jobs after I graduated, and I turned them all down to go to Chicago and go to try to get into Second City and uh, do improvisation there. And I did that for a bunch of years. So you were part of Second. You got it. Well, in I, was, City. I was. I was. I studied there and performed at Second City. Spent most of my time over at the Annoyance Theater, which is sort of an offshoot of Second City. G- but but yeah, when I first moved to Chicago, gosh, Steve Carell and I were in an improv group there. Uh, you know, Rachel Dratch, all those guys are buddies of mine. So you, that's who was. At Second City, when you yeah walked yeah when the I got door? there when I when I walked through the door and first walked into the place, uh, mm-hmm. Steve and I were in. Uh, uh, when I first started studying there, Steve and I were in a group together. So what was your style? I don't know how I didn't. Have, well, it wasn't very good because I'm ba- you know I'm not I'm not in that business anymore. <laughs> well, I would say that Steve reason. has a style. I, I don't know that I had one. So did you have a go to my my go to um, showstopper was reading the penthouse forum letters in Howard Cosell's voice. <laughs> That was the show. I imagine, that, I imagine that would still work today. Well, it, well, I mean, the Howard Cosell part—that's the thing that drives me a little crazy—is that you have to explain to some people who he it's was, unfortunate. which yeah. is terribly unfortunate. Yeah. But now I'm a corporate stooge. I you see. know, I represent the Shield. Yeah. 
I can't do that, <laughs> representing the shield at the same time. Dick, you, you can know? turn off the microphone. He's done it. it on this podcast yeah, before. Don't let him fool you. No, I'm sure. I, I had to. I'm sure. At least the opening paragraph <laughs> yeah. of the letter. But yeah. doing stand-up has made everything else that I've ever attempted in my life that much easier. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I completely agree with that. In fact, the, when... You know, all sorts of things that you know, I was telling some I was about to go on TV once. I think it was CNBC a couple of years ago when we first uh, we, were, we were doing something with CNBC around our ad products at Twitter. And uh, it was a, a live segment. And the person said to me, the producer said, you know, are you going to be nervous about being on live TV? And I started laughing. I said, I've been booed by 2000 people in Adelaide, Australia on a, uh, at the beginning of an hour long show. You know, a 30 second TV segment's not, not going to be a problem. So you went on the road to Australia? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had, a, we had a we had a we had a I had an improv show that I was working on with a couple people from the Annoyance Theater in Chicago again. And and we took it to the. Gosh, the wow. Edinburgh Fringe Festival and Australia and Montreal, the Montreal Comedy Festival, a bunch of places. So do you miss it at all? Do you ever once th- miss that sort of live performing and the immediate feedback from an audience? Yeah, and yeah, of course. That you get from of that? course, yeah, definitely. But, you know, I get, I get to do it now in front of the company, right? Our all-hands meetings are basically uh, my opportunity to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Do, do they? But they have to laugh at your jokes. Yeah, it's there, even though, better. Right? They're being paid. To, I mean, you know, I mean, you can't. Uh, instead of paying to come there, they're being paid. So yeah, of course. They're, of course. They're much. They're, they're you're much f- more amused. You're funny, boss. Yeah, I mean, I mean, exactly that's the right. way it goes up there at Twitter. That's the whole deal. What's yes. It, what was it like if you if Steve Carell was kind of your your classmate, if you will, at Second City? What's it like to see him get so big time late in his career? You know, a guy that a struggling yeah. actor that finally makes yeah. it. Couldn't happen to a couldn't happen to a better person. Awesome. I mean, it literally couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I happened to live near someone who I just recently met. I never knew him in in uh, uh, through comedy, but Dana Carvey happens to live near me, and he and I were both were both commenting on the fact that you know really couldn't happen to a better person. Uh, he's just a great great a great human being, and he always has been. Yeah, awesome. he's got and he's got two point six million followers on Twitter. See at Steve more Carell. than I have. He's got 2.6 million followers. And, and, and to that, I, I met him just once before. I mean, he, he was on a, a red carpet at the Super Bowl last year. Um, and it was in 2001 at the Hugh Hefner Roast for Comedy Central. Jeffrey Ross invited me. Yeah, the Roastmaster yeah, yeah, General yeah, yeah, yeah. invited me. We had met just a couple weeks before. He's hilarious. He's such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And he he asked me if I had a tuxedo in town. I said yes. <laughs> and he put me on the dais. And there I was in the back room getting set to go out on the stage. And I I didn't know anybody. I was on Sports Center by that point for for five years. But I I hardly knew anyone in that room. It yeah. was Trump. In that room, Jimmy Kimmel was the. You hadn't uh, gone Hollywood yet. Right? Well, well, I had gone Bristol. <laughs> you had if gone that makes Bristol. any, if, yeah. that, if that gives you any indication. Yeah. Um, at any rate, so uh, I didn't know anyone in that room, and there was a, a a nice couple that was just standing there, yeah. not saying much to many people either, and I sort of went up to them and introduced myself to them because I recognized them both from the Daily Show, mm-hmm. and it was Steve and his wife Nancy. Yeah, that's right. Who couldn't have been yep. better greater people. people? That's right. Was Nancy, by the way was Nancy, he looks by the way he looks exactly like same? he did twenty five years ago as well. <laughs> yeah. It looks exactly the same. It's remarkable. Uh, and Nancy Wall was yeah. Uh, again, couldn't be both be nicer people. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Chris Brockman just walked in. This is uh, this is the CEO Sir. of Twitter. Great Chris to meet Stella. you. I'm hey, a Chris big Brockman. fan of your product. <laughs> 
Thank you. I am as well. I'm sure you are. <laughs> so so let's get into it here. Um, uh, when when you left Michigan, and I, I know you, you, you started moving forward in your career, feed burner. How did that how did that come about, Dick? Yeah. So when I be- went back into technology, um, the first company I worked at, a couple of folks there and I um, uh, were were in a few startups together, and. Uh, one, one of the guys I started the feed burner with, Eric Lunt, had the idea for it. His idea was basically just, well, you know, as, as more and more content's going to be syndicated, there's going to be a need for something to sit between publishers and subscribers that manages the distribution of that content. And, you know, we should build that publisher clearinghouse for that syndicated content. And we built that, and that was FeedBurner. And then along came podcasting, which just said, hey, let's take this syndication format and add these podcasting capabilities to it. And a feed burner was really just the right place at the right time to be the vehicle for distributing those. And it still is. To this day, yes. To this day. Yep. Do you hop on iTunes ever and just yeah, look of course. at what you have wrought? Of course. There's all sorts of amazing stuff. You know, John Hodgman stuff, speaking of The Daily Show. Yeah. Um, it's got, uh, you know, amazing stuff. I mean, of course, there's there are tons of them. I mean, it's, it's it's remarkable how resilient it's been. How po- how resilient podcasting is. Why do you think it is? I have my own theories on why it's resilient. I, I don't know. To be perfectly popular. honest, in fact, in fact, I have to tell you that I thought, well, you know, now that uh, these various social media trends and uh, and uh, and and mobile social media specifically are so ubiquitous the podcasting stuff and the longer form audio stuff will will fade and it hasn't at all it's gotten in fact as you just said it's gotten a lot more popular well my my theory on it is that in this day and age and this reason part of the reason why i wanted to get involved in it is in this day and age there's two things that you you want to be involved in you want to be in something on the television side that's dvr proof yeah. Right, where 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 it's appointment viewing, where families can get around a television set and tune in, and they they, they want it's immediate, and everybody's yeah. talking about it, right. and getting on Twitter right. in real time. Right, want to be part of that? The NFL takes care of that. You also want to be part of something that is on demand, where somebody can use it in a, a portability sort of, and and. And podcasting is that. The tweets that I get from people saying, I'm going on a long trip. Uh, I have a, an hour and a half commute. I'm at the gym. I'm, you know, I'm in class, which I hate to say. I mean, it, and, and, and in that regard, obviously podcasting fits into that. But overall, and you being a former stand-up comic can agree at this, I think, as well. Conver- conversation it's old school, yeah. but it will never yeah. die. People yeah, that's right. always want to hear a quality conversation. I, I, I do agree with that. And uh, so I just I have been surprised at its resilience and the fact that it's growing. It's not just uh, it's not just stayed sturdy. They're getting to be more and more of them and they're better and better. Right. So um, FeedBurner uh, eventually was uh, bought Acquired by, by Google, yeah, That's correct. Yep. And then you started working. At Google, yeah, for two years, worked right. for two years at Google. And how'd you get hooked up with Twitter? How'd you well, get there? Well, the uh, one of the uh, Twitter founders, in fact, a couple of them, Ev Williams and uh, Biz Stone, had sold Blogger uh, to Google, and were at Google when I got there with FeedBurner. And uh, I'd known Ev from a bunch of years back, but had lost some touch with him and reconnected with him at Google. He left to go start Odeo Podcasting Company. Uh, and out of Odeo, Twitter was created. So he left Google to start a podcasting company, Odeo, and when that didn't quite work the way they wanted it to, 
uh, uh, Jack Dorsey, who was working at Twitter at the time with Av and Biz, uh, they, created, they created Twitter. So, so interestingly, Twitter was sort of formed from a podcasting company. From a podcasting company. Mm-hmm. Was there ever another working name for Twitter? Or was it always Twitter, as far as you know? It was always Twitter. It started off without the, without the vowels, T-W-T-T-R, but right. it was always Twitter. Sort of like maybe the way it's listed on the stock exchange right now. Sort of like Close that. like that. Close. See, I'm just trying There's to... There's an extra thing. You're doing a good job of tying I'm it all together. To, I'm trying to do it's that. That's what like I do. a maestro. Well, that's what I do for a living. <laughs> you know? This is what I do for a living. I try, to, I try yeah. to find threads, common threads, and then tie them all together. It's very good. We don't, it's, it's not always the most direct route, but he gets there. You know, so I eventually can get there. Yeah. Exactly. And so now Twitter has... I was going to say, when you were at the roast with Jeff Ross, you could have... You could have talked about your, you know, you could have talked about your Sports Center ads at the time. They probably knew you from the Sports Center ads. In that way, yes. But when I, when I saw what my seat was for the roast, <laughs> as the New York Observer called it, because this is a this is a seminal roast. <laughs> yeah. If if you remember the the movie the the Aristocrats, right. That was born out of the. The joke that Gilbert Gottfried told. That's right. The filthiest joke. At that event you were at, right? That was there yeah. because his joke was saying that the flight that uh, the the flight that he was taking to Los Angeles usually likes flying nonstop, but now flight one stop. It's the Empire State Building. People started booing him, saying too soon, and then he went into the aristocrats joke, which is the oldest joke of all time. Right. So that was the movie born, but that was that night, and so wow. I got out to my seat, Dick. And as the New York Observer <laughs> referred to it, the, the dais was huge. There were like 70 people on the dais. They called it the B-52 wing bomber of shtick is what they <laughs> called it. And I was at the end, the left wing, at the second, the penultimate seat all the way to the left. Who was the last seat? To my left was the amazing Kreskin. <laughs> Okay, I was I was wondering who that was going to be. And it was the amazing Kreskin. To my right was Frankie Malcolm in the Middle Muniz, who was probably at was the time say, like twelve. Twelve, right? <laughs> All right. And to his right was Jackie the Joke Man Martling. Wow. And I was wow. at the very very Boy. end. And you know when Freddie Roman the abbot got up to start everything off, I, I, he was he, he looked like as big as my fingernail, <laughs> and it took two hours to get through dinner. And there was a huge prize fight in Madison Square Garden that night. So many people on the dais got up to go to the fight. So they needed seat fillers for the actual taping of the roast. (laughs) So they asked me. And I'm like, sure. So I wound up just four seats from the the podium that Kimmel was the the roast master of. (laughs) And to my left... Okay, was Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano, the genius from Midnight Run. I bent his ear off about Midnight Run. Of course. And then to my right, believe it or not, Friars Club member Patty Hearst was sitting next to me for this roast. (laughs) So it's kind of really an all star cast. It really was awesome. Odds and ends. But it really was, though. I mean, if you think about it, Kirill was on the dais, Mm -hmm. and um, I believe. I believe uh, Howard Stern was up. I'm not sure you can call it booth. a dais with that many people. On it's it true, right? <laughs> but Kimmel was the roast master. Carson Daly was on there. I think Colbert was there too. It was sure. It, and and this <laughs> it was you know. And Trump was there. And Jeff roast said, Jeff Ross said that he had a joke that he, he after he heard what Gilbert said he he was going to say it but didn't that Donald Trump is so egotistical he's upset the planes didn't fly into his buildings. <laughs> 
was his wow. joke, and he didn't say it. After and he's Godfrey glad he didn't because afterwards, Trump offered him a gig at uh, at of at course, his place, his casino, th- Mar a Lago, no, down in okay. Florida. Um, I don't know how we got off on, but you, that's because you were too kind to say that they probably knew who I was from my Sports Center commercials. But sitting as far away from the dais as I as from wow. the podium, it sure didn't feel that way. So uh, to this day, one of my still one of my favorite Sports Center ads, slipping what? the slipping the twenty to the to the mascot for taking the car for a spin. Yes, yes. Yeah. One of my maybe yeah. my number one, maybe my number one. I forgot about Sports that. Center ad. That's right. That one. That, that one was in, with Jimmy. I think yeah. it was with. Uh, I forget which NASCAR driver yeah, that was. I was trying to think of that the other day too. Yeah, my my. You know that was that was an old timer. That one. Um, I hope that's on. Yeah. YouTube. No, it's. it's I'm sure it's out there too. That's those right. are those are those are great commercials. They're great from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have my uh, from the Lou Duva commercial. Do you remember that yeah, one? That's my. Favorite. I still have the uh, the Kid Eisen. A satin you, um, jacket that he had. It's on my chair. It's, on down, his desk. it's, it's yeah. at my desk. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's 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 an artifact for my career. So I want to start digging into to to Twitter right now. Where do you think Twitter stands um, in in our culture right now, Dick? Where well, do you, where do you think it is? Uh, specific to TV, it's definitely become the second screen. You know, just talking about the t- television stuff we were talking about. It, it is, I think, now firmly established as the second screen when when people are watching shows they're talking about those shows on twitter the live reach the live conversation about the shows is happening on twitter while the shows are on i mean you just see that all the time now i think that more generally speaking beyond tv it's also this um increasingly this companion to live the live experience whatever that is so if the live experience is some unplanned event like the earthquake and ensuing tsunami in Fukushima, Japan, the conversation about that and both connections with uh, loved ones who are people are trying to find and with um, uh, with news and and information about the event, that conversation happens on Twitter. So uh, I think that the, the, the way that we see it used with TV as the second screen in the conversation for what's on right now and what we're all watching right now is also the way it's used more broadly as this companion to the live experience. Is it eventually, do you have plans to make your own television at Twitter? I think... Or is that I'm so shaking far? my head and I'm realizing that people can't see that on the, <laughs> see that on the <laughs> podcast. Right. Um, I think we believe that Twitter is better as a complement to television and that there are people who are much, much better at creating programming than, than any of us are. And we don't have those people inside the company. I don't have any plans to bring those people inside the company. So you're, you, you are just going to be a content enhancer? Is yeah, I would say the that future? we the way that we think about it is in advance of the program uh, of, of a program coming on we're we're discovery and tune in for that program and then we are the live reach and the conversation for that content while it's on and then you know we've got this relationship with nielsen so that broadcasters and marketers can measure the conversation on twitter in the aftermath of the program so is that eventually we'll keep gonna, on doing that so that's a metric that nielsen is yeah. going to use yeah that's right nielsen's created a methodology called the twitter tv rating the neil sorry the nielsen twitter tv rating and it's basically the depth of the engagement of the conversation about the show on twitter in the uh, during the show and in the very immediate aftermath of so the show. it's so twitter can save a television show in well essence, i think that the cool thing about it is you get this um 
you know, I call it, refer to it as this 360 degree view of the audience because you, you know, there, there's, there are certain shows that have just, you know, avid fans who will, who are on Twitter while the show is on and the depth of conversation that they have about it is extraordinary. And I think more and more programmers are realizing that and, and, and programming to those fans, including simple things initially like hashtags on air, but increasingly engaging the audience on Twitter while the show is on. And then there's Sharknado. And then there's Sharknado, yeah. where that, for example. For example, where I, I did not know about Sharknado oh, you, until I looked at my afterward. Twitter feed. Because, okay. you know, here on the West Coast, we didn't... I was right around four o'clock. Right. I'm like, what is everybody talking about? This guy from nine oh two one oh, right? And, and Tara Reid and sharks and tornadoes <laughs> and what? Where? What is this all about? And I tuned in later. Yeah, to Sharknado. And I would not. I would not have. And then I felt. Yeah. It felt cooler being well, you're, you're, part of you're something. In the know, yeah. And then I watched Sharknado and then needed to shower. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the process. That was how, that was how it went. That's a, in that order. I think I, don't, I might have worked the shower in somewhere and else. You, I don't know. Wait a minute. And do you feel like the need to shower was a direct result of having spent time watching? Yes, Sharknado. Yes, okay. but it had nothing to do with the second window okay. experience, which okay. let me know to watch the first window. Yeah, I actually. I mean, I even. I think I. I sent this out over Twitter the morning it happened. I was in my office during the final round of the British Open and was, and, uh, was seeing Jason Duffner's tweets about the course that he'd come off of and also starting to see what was happening in the, in the round and realized I, I had to go, I gotta go run into the living room right now and watch the end of the, watch the, end of the British Open. So that happens, I think, with some frequency to most people. And in fact, Nielsen has a recent study out that has... Uh, has uh, some connection and causation of, of Twitter driving tune into television. So the, the folks here in this town, here in Los Angeles, the decision makers who put television shows on the air or take them off or, put, yeah. or pilot and green light. The bosses. The bosses. The, 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 the suits, Rich. Yes, in a way. Suits, is that what we call them? There? Well, I mean, some. Some. Right. Some. Um, have, so they've bought, in, they've bought into Twitter as a, as a metric, or do you think you still need to push to have that as a metric, as a, a guide or a true decision-making. I think that at this point, the folks who uh, uh, create the programs and run the networks all understand the power of, of the live reach of Twitter as a complement to what they're doing on air. And clearly our, 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 our suits yeah. up the National Football League chain. I wouldn't call chain. ours suits. But yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, fabulous men and women who yes. clearly have a firm grasp of their managing skills and how to inspire yes. those who work. Yes. Is that better? That's better. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, NF- when we were on the when we were on the uh, road show for the IPO, I was in Chicago in this hotel in Chicago, and had been trying to keep up with the um, Bengals Dolphins game that night, and got the NFL's instant replay pushed to me over our our Amplify program that we have with the NFL, where they push you know push content to us, both previews of upcoming games and then instant replays of uh, games that are on, and got you know saw the sack in the end zone to end the game, you know, literally. 30 seconds after it happened. So Cameron Wake puts Andy Dalton in the end zone safety. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's yeah. talking about it. Yeah, and I got the video, you know, the little 17-second, 30-second video clip pushed to me. Saw it, again, um, almost immediately after it happened. How, are, is everybody knocking on your door right now? 
for that from Who's the sports everybody? league? I mean, every every sports league. I <laughs> mean, find everybody. Well, I mean, I'm, no. I'm just trying to find out the volume that's yeah, coming think, and knocking on your door right now. I think now, it's Dick. fair to say that the 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 le- the various leagues, um, uh, both in the U.S. and globally, are all really starting to understand the power of the platform and what are different ways we can, you know, how can we leverage this more. Uh, more aggressively, what are other things we can do? It's fun to see the different kinds of things that people are doing, and um, some of the reality TV um, uh, uh, programs are really doing a good job of, um, you know, Mark Burnett's shows are doing, uh, those folks are great at pushing the envelope with us on doing things like live voting over Twitter while the show is on. Um, Those are are fun experiments for us, and they're super successful so far. And then there's the, I guess, dichotomy where sports leagues like the NFL, for instance, obviously, want to be in business with you because of the the fan base that you have yeah. and how immediate it can be in real time. And yet, well, and then some of the players are, you know, so amazing. I think one of the fun things about Twitter is that the the participants are so great on it. You know, I mean, you know, Jimmy Graham's tweet last night, right? The about the goalposts, right? Oops. Oops. I mean, those are great. People love being able to see that directly from the person it happened to. I mean, you know, T.J. Lang's uh, tweet last year about the refs and the Packers uh, lost that game, right? That's right, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, those things are – people love that stuff. I think T.J.'s tweet was retweeted like – I'm going to get this number wrong, but I want to say it was retweeted 000. like, yeah, almost 100,000 times. Um, almost Bieber-like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can we stop him? Almost, Do you almost. Have any power to, to... I don't know. Is, is, there, is there a Bieber f- filtering software that, that, uh, that's out there? People love Bieber. Is he the most followed? <laughs> is he number one? Cameron Gaga? I believe, I, believe, um, I believe Katy Perry is number one right Katie now. Katy Perry. Wow. Yes, Katy Perry is but up it, there. It, it, it moves around. It Lady moves Gaga, about. Lady and the Gaga residents and are right around the same. <laughs> they're right around the same level. But it, 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 the... The Lang tweet that you talk about, that's what I'm talking about, the dichotomy. Leagues want the platform. They want it out there. They, they, you know, get it out talking. Mm -hmm. Teams, coaches, not so much. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, Jed York is one of the, you know, Jed York, the uh, 49ers owner, is one of the – He's fantastic on the platform. A bunch of the owners are active on the platform. Well, I'm going lower than the owner level. Well, I'm, I'm going go- back. I'm taking it you're back taking up. You're taking it back up. Taking it back up. Well, because as you know, I mean, you're, you're again, you're you're an avid sports fan. You know, a lot yeah. of coaches are certainly at the collegiate level banning it that your kids can't get on it because, in a way, I ha- I'm they- almost I'm almost hesitant to even say this. Okay, go. But for- Urban Meyer is uh, is a you know big fan of the Twitter. Well. Good, then let's get yeah. Braxton Miller saying something stupid <laughs> next week in 140 characters. Let's get it up. We, we, we need all the help we can get. But no, I, but you see where I'm, I'm going is that, is that some teams are trying still to wrap their arms around the power of this platform yeah. with players. And I'm wondering if, if any teams ever reach out to you or you feel any sort of responsibility in a way to reach out to teams to help in these regards. Sure, we spend a bunch of time with the various teams and uh, across a number of the leagues, trying to uh, help them with things like best practices. And here are things you know you could, you should make sure that you, the folks on the on the team understand. And and we spend time with um, you know we'll spend time time with both them and groups of their players to help them understand. Here's a here's an interesting way to use it. Here are some players that use it to great effect. 
um, you know, to communicate directly with their fans. There are a bunch of great examples. Aaron Rodgers is awesome on Twitter. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he uses it, he uses it a, a bunch in the offseason. He's super funny. You get this sense of who the guy is, not just, you know, the person you see a quarterback in the Packers on TV. So those kinds of things are great when you get to get a sense of who the person really is. No, there's no doubt. Yeah. And I just wish he would do it during the season. But Mike McCarthy pretty much puts the kibosh on that because it's just so many. Because so, that, that's the, the, the power of Twitter is it has, in many ways, it's, it's circumvented the PR staff. Because a player has his or her own platform mm-hmm. instantly yeah. with the push of a button. That's right. And the power of it, sometimes the player, I don't think, understands before he or she hits send well, in that regard. Well, I mean, you know, it's uh, – look, that's not, uh, that's not re- you know, restricted to the players in these leagues. I mean, we've all seen and know about the government officials who, uh, uh, who, do, who do things like that. <laughs> who who then just worse than, uh, unsuccessfully ran others. for mayor of New York City, yeah, for instance. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, that's, that's just something that everyone needs to realize when you've got this it's – it's this broadcast platform. It's a very public broadcast platform. It allows you to um, not have to have what you're saying – be filtered and and uh, many times misinterpreted by some inter- intermediary, uh, but you know that along with that power comes the responsibility to know you're going to say this thing and it's going to be public. Mm-hmm. And and in terms of monitoring what what players are getting sent in their direction, you've heard about this stuff too. Again, you're it's it's an open forum, yeah. but some people cross over the line. Yeah. Do you, what is what does Twitter do about yeah, that? Yeah, that's a um, it's an interesting it's an interesting challenge because you know one of the one of the interesting questions I got again when we were on the um, road show for the IPO was well now that you're going to be a public company and you know, how are you going to balance the needs of the business with the rights of your users you know and I and my reaction to that was always. The challenge for us isn't balancing the needs of the business and the rights of the users. The challenge is always balancing the the rights or desires of two different groups of users. You know, you got the uh, the Ohio State fans over here who want to yell at the Michigan player, and the you know the Michigan player who doesn't want to get have you know ten people yelling at him all day in his Twitter feed. So, uh, and of course, there there uh, that's that's one specific example relevant to the upcoming game. But of course, this stuff goes on a lot. I think it's incumbent on us at Twitter to make it a um, you know make the um, a person's at reply stream someplace they can feel like they go to they can go to and they're seeing sort of a ranked. Uh, a ranked set or a relevance sorted set of the replies to them, right? It's a, um, I was on stage with Eric Schmidt from Google a couple years ago, and Eric referred to this specifically as a search problem, by which he meant sort of a ranking sure. uh, issue. And I think we'll start to do, uh, and we'll do, look at doing things like that, but you have to balance that with making sure that the players can also see those serendipitous connections from somebody they've never heard from before that wants to communicate with well, them. Well, nothing's perfect. So, so what you're That's telling right. me, is there's a troll filter? Is it what you're essentially saying? No, I'm is saying it, like, you know, uh, so for example, I think uh, it, it's, it's out as an experiment in one of our, in our latest release here, the ability on your at replies to, hey, I just right now, I just want to see, uh, I just want to see replies from people I also follow because, you know, it's too noisy for some reason. It doesn't have to be, it might not, it might be a bunch of people saying, something good but hey i just want to i just want to be able to look at only the people i'm following because i'm trying to filter out a bunch of noise right yeah, now you've got to have a thick skin sometimes to look at your timeline certainly i i love it i have it open 
all the time when I'm broadcasting. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I not only want it's an it's the most effective news feed that's out there. No doubt. Period. End of story. There's no there's nothing that comes close yeah. to a Twitter feed in terms of wanting to know what's happening yeah. and what others are right. saying in the industry and how to keep track on a certainly on a Sunday morning before kickoff. I def I need that as I'm as I'm on the air. I also like hearing what the fans are thinking. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, wow, some of the yeah. things that they're saying in my direction, yeah. if I didn't have as thick yeah. as – that's where the stand-up yeah. <laughs> background comes in. Well, you in. know, you, can see, you, also see, you also see players taking advantage of that, right? Like Colin Kaepernick favoriting yes. some of the tweets from uh, the haters, the haters yeah. uh, as a motivator for him, right? And, you know, and then you talk to folks like Chris Bosh, who's been a great user of Twitter for quite some time, and Chris just says, well, I, don't, you know, I don't get spun up about that stuff. Right. And Co- Kobe was doing the same thing. Kobe. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and the team Vino. Man, you that, don't that was want huge. that's of, of all people to, to rile up. You just don't want to get under his skin. Kobe. I mean, he, he, ta- he makes Steve Smith look like a wallflower. And, but it's crazy. Some of these athletes use just something so simple as somebody tweeting at them to, to motivate them to, to perform better. Well, you know athletes, right? I mean, right. They'll, they'll do that for sure. But, for, but athletes are so great at blocking those things out. And it's crazy that they let these things. Or just blocking, period. Drive them. You know. Yeah, Mike Silver of NFL yeah. Media, he's like the Hakeem Olajuwon of Twitter. He blocks everybody. It's, <laughs> he's nonstop. I mean, he, he's... He retweets him and then with He's block. Matumbo. He, <laughs> he, waves his fing, he waves his finger Matumbo-like at all of, all of those guys. Yeah, I mean, Kobe certainly has been, uh, you know... What an addition, Really right? uses it well as a motivator. You can tell for himself. I mean, after the... Um, you know, Mark Cuban made that comment. Uh, I don't remember what the comment was specifically uh, in a game in advance of last year. And then, you know, the, the, Lakers, uh, uh, the Lakers beat the Mavericks and Kobe kind of sent this re- basically very pointed tweet out in reference to what Cuban had said to him before the, uh, about him before the game. So when, when Kobe, who joined Twitter late, calls up Twitter or whoever his PR person calls up and is like, Kobe wants at Kobe Bryant – how does that process go down internally? Uh, we have a media team that works with um, government, uh, sports, music industry, media, news and journalism, um, a, a very a whole variety of folks on that uh, that takes them through the verification process and uh, et cetera. And those guys deal with all that um, and our user services team. So we've got a process for doing all that. And there are a bunch of there are all sorts of like fairly. Um, rigorous and strict rules about the kinds of accounts we verify and the accounts we don't, et cetera, et cetera. What, how rigorous must those <laughs> rules be, Dick? I mean, we got two guys here who are desperate for the blue check mark. Right? And, and I'm a very, very Basically, if you pay user. me $50, is, <laughs> is what we're saying. No, don't. And, now this, this is going to be a this whole is thing bad. now. It's not, this it's was not the truth. Joking. This was just joking. Just at $75. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, Brockman's verification is delayed because he was late to the interview. That's so. true. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. I was performing my that's actual job. That was, that was, that's one of the rules. You can't be late. Are you, are you actively uh, recruiting celebrities? Because obviously any, any buzz that you get... Certainly now. Well, I would say that we're at, we actively recruit lots of kinds of um, organization, like uh, organizations, governments, uh, government officials, um, uh, and and celebrities like musicians, artists, chefs. I mean, we have uh, uh, all sorts all, across the spectrum of content. Yes, we recruit the authorities in that in those areas. That's pretty neat. Um, here's here's may I make one suggestion? 
may make a suggestion. I'm, yes. Straight to It'll the be the first time everyone's anyone's ever given me a. But you know I what like you guys should do? This is like Seinfeld. I was just going to say. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Like Jeff, I know. you should do. Jeff pitching a curve sketch. I feel bad. And Jeff goes, there's no way that we're going to use anything that you say. Right. Let's hear it. That said. <laughs> this, what, a, this, this is a good one. This though. is what would help me. Okay. Okay. Good. As a good. user of Twitter. Excellent. I would love a sarcasm font where mm. if I type something I that's sarcastic, yeah. it looks different than what I'm tweeting. Because yeah. in the 140 characters, as you know, nuance yeah. doesn't usually fit into 140 yeah. characters. Sarcasm, tongue firmly planted in cheek, yeah, I hear you. does not translate. Fair but point. if you gave me a sarcasm font, I think that's next level. That would be, you, that it, is, would, it, would, it would connote tone within 140 yeah, characters. that's ninja level stuff. What do you think? Yeah, what do you it's think? not a bad idea. But, I, but, I, but how, would you, how would one know that that font implied sarcasm well and probably it's probably the case that the people who might not know you were sarcastic in the first place wouldn't know that oh well ariel bold is the sarcasm true font. N- n- i i <laughs> n- again not to tell you how to do your job i mean you've done very, I like the Ariel very well call. do you have but, a specific but, font in no, mind i don't know what it looks like yeah. i'd yeah. like to like to call Comic it sans it Dan would be Gilbert great style? if you called it the eisen font <laughs> and 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 in terms of letting people know he's about serious, it, Dick. He's in no, terms of letting he's people know, it. hold on I'm, a minute. I'm sensing the fact that he's in serious. In terms of letting <laughs> people know, to wave of, the hand, just stick yes, well, well, that's the New Yorker in me. Yeah. Am I standing, standing up? No, no, he, I would never he, stand. I mean, I have a guest here. <laughs> but in terms of letting people know about it, dare I say, you've got a platform. As tweet it out. As suggestions go, and we get a lot of them. Yes, that's not a bad one. I'm going to take that. Which I'll means as soon that. as he walks out take of this that. he's like, <laughs> why did yeah, I go on that him. show? That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy. But I'm just saying, because you know how many times I tweet something out and I get people tweeting back at me. And I'm like, come on. How did you not get what I yeah. just said? Yeah. It would be helpful. Sure. A sarcasm font would be next level. I know you're being sarcastic. I'm so no, maybe no. next this time is, you do it, I'll no, tell people. Rich is being sarcastic. I'm being very direct serious any, right now. Direct and he. But as Chris Law pointed out, me. as at Chris Law pointed out, um, I'm I'm certainly dead serious about calling it the eyes and font. Out of all the I things get, I just I, said, I the, the most I serious I was. I mean, we got a snake named after you by Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman, and look where that's gotten him. <laughs> what else did we get? <laughs> look how far he's gone. That's about it. Is that it? <laughs> With his pythons at home named after me. He's he's really it's great, it's great. So um, the the future of of Twitter. Now that you are a public company, how yeah. how does that change the ball game I for you, Dick? I think it just changes. It mostly changes the time that me and my CFO spend on uh, on uh, with public market investors and some of our big institutional investors and and that kind of stuff. I don't think it really changes. Hopefully, uh, who we are as a company and who we are as a team and everything we're trying to do with the service. You know, so, we want the service to be an uh, indispensable companion to life in the moment or in the live experience whatever you're doing right now you have to be able to um, reach out and, and leverage twitter in those moments when you want to connect with anyone about something that's happening right now but in, just to make a, an analogy it might be crude or arcane but um when this network started mm-hmm. to be very honest at least from my point of view from from putting shows together and hosting shows 
and having producers talk to me, mm-hmm. it was very rare in the first few years of this network that I heard about ratings, that I heard about we got to get our numbers up, that I heard anything about that. Then when we got bigger, it's now we're focus grouping X, Y, and Z, hearing what fans are interested in according to our focus groups, and right. suddenly the shows that Suddenly just, the Eisenfont is out the window. The Eisenfont <laughs> falls on Gone. deaf ears, <laughs> or the equivalent thereof. And, and I don't know if, what, what it would mean in, in, from, in the Twitter world. Now you've got to, you've got to turn a profit, or yeah. you've got stockholders. Mm-hmm. And, and just, or, just on its face, it would sound like you'd have to change the way you look at things, well, certainly as a manager. And I'd love to get your yeah, point of view well, on that. I well, really, I really hope that you know, we went into this process describing to investors how we were thinking about running the company. We're going to try to run it the same way we've been running it and think about uh, things the same way we've been thinking about them. And hopefully we can do that. I mean, I get there are going to be the, pre- you know, uh, the pressures from investors in the markets. And uh, hopefully the way we've described the way we're going to build the company is the way we'll be able to continue to build it. And ad-based? Is that essentially yeah, that's what's, right. it's that's, the, it's that's the where ad, it's going? The ad platform, the way we've... Uh, built the business so far will be the way we think about continuing to grow the business. What, like sponsored tweets or right, promoted tweets that appear in the in the timeline, which are just tweets that people, uh, organizations can they send out to their followers for free, uh, like everybody else, and then they can say, well, I want to also promote these this tweet to I want this tweet to show up in front of these kinds of users. Right? Will Will I ever log on to Twitter and have a pop up at the minute I log on to Twitter? Is that going to happen? Uh, I think we'll stick with the content as ad unit promoted tweet that we've got because we love the fact that that native content in stream, the in stream promoted tweet unit is just, uh, I like the way it works in the context of the mobile experience. It doesn't feel interruptive like uh, more traditional ads. It feels like it's in the flow of everything you're already doing, which is why I, I think it's a format that works for us. What about somebody who wants to put an ad on their Twitter page that wants to use their I, I know it's mostly mobile now. I understand that. Yeah. But if somebody goes to a Twitter page and wants to use their Twitter page, I guess as their own website. People or promote something like people that. promote their things on their own on their we own. We don't need an ad right now. They do that with the background image. They do that but with some of their tweets they send out, etc. See what uh, Jay Glazer has, has done with Fox. He has he uses a third party like TMI to tweet longer or whatever. But everything he tweets now, when you go to it. There's an advertisement on it too, because it goes to a third party thing. It's a, it's annoying as a, as a follower of Jay Glazer and wanting to get his content, but, um, I don't but know. Do you, that's fine with me. I mean, if people are going to do that, if people want to do that stuff. They can do that stuff. But do you get a piece of that? Do you want a piece of something like that, business wise? Uh, on on that specific example you talked about, no, yeah. we don't get a we don't get a piece of that. But, but look, people uh, talk about you know, in their tweets, um, you know, various people talk about companies that they're working with or brands that they're working with or books that they've written that they mm-hmm. want people to buy. That's fine. How can I break business news with you? <laughs> How can I break it? Seriously, I I'm want, gonna, I want Jim Cramer going. That business, Rich Eisen the business, podcast. The business news well, you can break is that I'm going to go back and look into the Eisen font. If they, We're I, looking into it. Dick, I'm telling you, a sarcasm Eisen font. I mean, this would make his century, his well, decade. No, I, let me just tell you something. Um, you guys know, I... Always leave the guest in a better position than when I found the guest. And in, 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 in your do, case, Dick, I it's do, very 
difficult to do that. <laughs> Everything do, is sort of feel, coming up Costello right I now, okay? Feel, I so, do feel slightly more enriched than when I woke up this hey, morning. Well, you should. Uh, see, there you go turning phrases right yeah. there. See, you're a writer as well. Before we let Dick go, do we have questions from Twitter? We yeah, we do, we do have a couple we, of those. I, I had a question about, oh, from in here. about the, the 49ers and kind of mm. you mentioned Jed York earlier and their new yeah. stadium that they're that they're building. They've made no secrets about how interactive it's going to be, maybe potentially having tablets at, at everybody's seat. What, what Have you guys worked with them at all? Because I know they're working with a lot of companies up in Silicon Valley. Yeah, we work with a bunch of the teams. We have a great relationship with the 49ers. I think that the way that um, Jed you know, and Gideon, you uh, there as well, have um, worked with that team has been awesome. I personally love those guys. Uh, so we'll continue to do that. And I think that I think that Jed really understands the power of platforms like Twitter, and it's great to see those guys. Everything they're doing with the new stadium, I think, is going to be spectacular. I'm really, really excited for that. It's kind of crazy how a lot of teams now, they put the hashtags on their court, yep. on their field. That's uh, right. Just how great is that? Well, I mean, they, I think they all realize, like, this is a way to aggregate attention around uh, the event and the team. And... Uh, that's fantastic. They can then use that to carry those fans, you know, between games, to carry on that conversation and extend that conversation between games through the offseason, et cetera. Jed uses it tremendously during the offseason to get people excited about the season that's coming up, et cetera. Yeah, Jed tweets a lot. He does. I follow him. It's, he's a good follow. Yeah. There's no doubt about he's really that. He's really good. But he's, he's smart also. He owes me, really. I'm really promoting him here you nicely, should. don't you No think? doubt. How about He's a little, smart, like, though. maybe Judge should promote Dick Costello a why, little bit. Why, why, why not? Why does it always have to, have to be one way? I why is it always Dick I, Costello promotes Judge York? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey. Hey. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I mean, Jed, Jed's a smart guy, too, he Dick, because he, he doesn't – I mean, Twitter could be, again, uh, and I understand – it could be a dangerous thing when, say, Ahmad Brooks separates the ball from Drew Brees and the call goes against you and you're the owner of the San Francisco 49ers and you have that cell phone in your hand and what must be going through his mind. That's what When I watch Michigan football, I've got to separate myself from mm. any, any device <laughs> in the house, Dick. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I just... I don't. I, that's very few teams get me emotionally riled <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, I hear you. You know, but so you, I don't ever see stuff like that on your your feed. I'm the, you I know, mean, I'm this, I'm the, this, this, I'm the same way you are. You know, I feel. I mean, you watch Devin Gardner the last few games; he's running <laughs> for his life. You know, I mean, look, look at the end of the Northwestern game. Thought, wow, he's going to wake up tomorrow morning and you know be not have a part of his body that isn't sore. Uh, yeah, and I hear exactly what you're saying. Well, I mean, if we want to get into it a little bit here, it just because we had Brady in that chair. Brady Hope came in this chair, and uh, this this season has definitely not gone the way that I I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And Devin Gardner just seems to me, moving forward, it would be better served for Michigan to have him out of the quarterback position, and him and Funchess being big-time offensive weapons at the disposal of an efficient, turnover-averse quarterback at the position with a strong running game and a burgeoning defense, that that is the future of Michigan football. What would you say about that? I think that 
Well, you mean you just, I'm assuming I'm assuming then you say Morris plays quarterback. I don't know, yeah. or who, uh, I know that they have some young kids coming in as well. I think that um, I think that the interior, you know, the interior line, uh, with the exception of the two tackles who I think played the whole season, um, you know, it's they haven't dictates having them. a couple. They haven't had but for a couple games the same three 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 guys there, and uh, it's just to have nobody back there. I mean, the running backs getting the ball the moment the people are in the back. back I've field. never seen negative rushes like that before. Nick, you're right. The, the, the interior line yeah. dictates having yeah. a quarterback who can run yeah. for his life. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's yeah. no question yeah. about that. It just seems to me, um, and I see it every Sunday, when a quarterback turns it over, it just affects the entire team or makes a, a, a silly turnover or does not does not uh, make the move that needs to be made in the right spot. It yeah. just affects the entire team from yeah, top to bottom. I, I don't, my, my perspective on it has been that Gardner just hasn't had any time. This is spoken from a man who gave the commencement address, I, which, by the way, there's no way in heck I'm going to get now that I just said what I can just I, said. Can I just, <laughs> can I just tell you Please. the, what was the that like? amazing thing about giving the commencement address, first of all, just delivering it was, you know, it's incredible. Uh, I'm standing in the tunnel, standing behind uh, President Coleman, Mary Sue Coleman, and I'm about to go out there, and I've walked out beforehand and looked at the crowd. There's zillions more people there than when I, than when I graduated. I mean, there's, there's the five 6,000 graduates, and then half the stadium's full. Where do they hold it the at? Other, Chrysler? Or no, no. In the big house. no, in the big house. Oh, wow. And literally half the big house is filled with mm-hmm. Other people, and, and so you walk out there and you see this, and walk back into the tunnel. And President Coleman says to me, "So have you given a speech to you know thirty thirty five thousand people before?" I started laughing. It's like, when would I have done that? You've long way from laugh track <laughs> yeah, at the U Club yeah. in like, front of two hundred no, uh, drunk coeds. Yeah, no, this is about you know how many other people are out there minus three hundred uh, more than I've ever spoken to before. I graduated in Chrysler. For some reason, they didn't have it in the football huh. stadium the year that I graduated. Huh. And Weather, maybe. It may have been. I don't recall. And the uh, the person who gave the commencement address was Lawrence Kasdan, the director of the Big Chill. One of my favorite commencement addresses of all time. In fact, I went back and looked at that when I was thinking about writing mine. It was incredible. Yep. It was straight out of the Big Chill. Yep. The message was, everybody you've just met is your friend for life. Yeah. If they have a baby, go see the baby. If they get married, go to the wedding. If they have any any uh, moment of trouble, go get, I mean go go to them. The only thing missing was the Motown soundtrack underneath. Yeah. It was the movie yeah. in speech form. No, that everyone should go read that speech. It's online. Uh, I, it's a fantastic one of the best commencement speeches I've ever I'll I've ever seen. It. Yep. I will never That's ever awesome forget that it. That's awesome that was your That, that was, was your me graduation. in Chrysler Arena. Do we have a couple we do. We of have a, we have a hashtag #askjack Abs- before we um, let this man go and make one more of these, money? One of these we already covered, but uh Maybe an update on when this might happen. Uh, Jeremy Garrison at Jeremy Garrison asks, uh, when will Twitter factor into a TV show or sporting events rating uh, using the hashtag AskDick? Ask uh, so I think we're, we, as we have seen from Nielsen, we're alre- there's already, they've got a causation study out showing that we do drive tune in. And so I think to, 
to the extent that we drive tune in, we are uh, impacting the ratings. Nielsen does have this Nielsen Twitter TV rating now that they're using based on they take a feed of our data and then describe uh, a metric that identifies the depth of the conversation about that show while it's on air. And so I think that's powerful for both the broadcasters and the marketers <coughs> who are marketing, you know, who, who, who are advertising on that show so they can understand wow, if there's a really deep engagement on Twitter around this show that we're advertising on air, maybe we should surround the advertising on air with advertising on Twitter. So I think that that's going to be a, a real sort of virtuous uh, ecosystem for us between the content partners and broadcasters and us and the advertisers. Got awesome. any more? Yeah, couple got a couple more. more. Yeah, uh, this one's a, a good one here. Um, how does Twitter deal with increased activity, especially with uh, with – Big football events and controversial calls. I think Andy Murray's uh, win at Wimbledon was the most tweeted about. Yeah, we, event we ever. always hear the phrase "breaking Twitter." It broke Twitter. That yeah. something broke Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. You Do know? you guys ever go down figuratively? That's well, always... I'll tell you. It used to be the case years ago. Now that the site uh, was hard to keep up and running uh, for a bunch of reasons, um, and I remember during the uh, it is we've we've gotten past that. Um, I remember though during the 2010 World Cup. The summer of the 2010 World Cup, the operations engineers would, would literally sit in the lounge where we would uh, show what was going on on this big screen TV and hope that Brazil wouldn't score. <laughs> now, knowing <laughs> that, that Bra Brazil, you know, the Brazilians would get near the goal and you'd see the, you know, everybody start to sit up straight and <sighs> shake. Um, because knowing that you know, millions of people would type in a G, uh, uh, an O, and... 130 <laughs> ALs uh, all at once, um, and we're, we're past that now. And we would will be. I'm I'm looking forward to lots of Brazil goals in the uh, I have next a question. World Cup. What is the most seminal Twitter moment for you? I think about for me it was kind of the night uh, when the president announced that we killed Osama bin Laden. That was kind of a huge Twitter night, and it's the, pre it's the anniversary of President Kennedy's death. Uh, you think about what these events would have been like to follow on Twitter in real time. Yeah. I mean, do you yeah, have an event? There are a bunch of them. They keep happening for us, interestingly enough. Like, they, they, they happen over and over and over. I remember when, you know, when the Pope started using Twitter, I looked at it and <laughs> remember thinking, like, this is just, it's just incredible, you know? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to believe we've come this far. But uh, also moments like um, a personal one for me was, um, well, there are two related to this event. A personal one for me that really struck home was this buddy of mine, the CEO of Foursquare, was running the Boston Marathon, and he had the, you know, the RFID chip tied to his Twitter account, and it was tweeting out as he would pass the, you know, mile five, mm -hmm. uh, his t and, he, and his, his tweet for mile 25 went out, and then I didn't hear the next one from him, and then I saw that the bomb had gone mm -hmm. off. And so now we're, uh-oh, what we haven't heard from Dennis, at the time, you didn't really know where the bomb went off, and whether it, there was. If you'll remember, there's other. There was a, there was right. there's a third one, and there's a one in this library, and so uh, uh, it was glued to Twitter, and then saw a response from him saying, "I'm okay. Uh, we're you know the police have cordoned us off over here, short of the 26 mile mark, but I'm looking for my girlfriend." And, you know, they connected again, again via Twitter, and she had crossed the finish line just really moments before it happened. So that was really a visceral, like, holy cow, this is the, the, the importance of being able to use a platform like that to connect these people that you never had before. And there would be no other way to 
find out before for hours what had happened to him. Well, and that's when I first reached out to your office yeah. to have you on the show because that event that took place um, was also right around the NFL draft, and they sort of dovetailed together in yeah. the fact that Twitter is now beating television journalism to the real-time punch. Yeah. It, it is now making television news obsolete because Twitter is in more real time. Well, what I, the way I would say that is, in fact, the next night uh, really reinforced that as well during that, well, don't remember now whether it was two nights later or not, but that Boston manhunt that yeah. weekend when they got the guy. Twitter was And amazing. I was glued to Twitter when they kind of figured out they you know, through that whole process. And then they had him cornered in the, in the boat in the backyard. And someone tweeted this, here's a Google earth picture of the backyard. And that's where the boat is. And woman across the street is tweeting a photo of the SWAT team running across the front of her yard. And I think that the role of news, you know, uh, journalism now is to take that the hundreds of millions of people who are breaking the news, who you can't, I mean, you're not going to have 200 million people, plus million people out there, you're going to have the world out there breaking the news. It's really the role of journalists, again, to go back to synthesizing and analyzing the information that's coming in uh, for everybody, right? Which is what journalists do in the first place. Right, and my buddy Jake Tapper, at Jake Tapper on Twitter as well, and uh, he, 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 he sort of, and the rest of the television journalists were kept off at a perimeter by the police, and that there were some who got past the perimeter... Yeah. And on Twitter, live tweeting what was yeah. going down. It was remarkable. In, at, at the manhunt, it was riveting, absolutely riveting. And people were just saying, how oh, this this, the TV news is, is behind the times. And, and, and with our NFL draft, we absolutely, absolutely are behind Twitter. And we are purposefully doing that. Because if we just went with when the team made the pick and tweeted out, that makes the commissioner's announcement at the podium of the draft pick obsolete. It's sort of cutting the commissioner out at the knees. And that we and many people, maybe old school people, watch the draft and feel that the commissioner should be the Paul Revere. He should be the one to tell us who's coming, right? Yeah. And Don't cut the commissioner out at the knees. Ever, figuratively Ever. or literally. Yeah. So in that respect, though, we, if, if, if we could tweet out the draft, it would be done instantly. Instead, there are some people who tweet it out, and people are, are either seeking out that information. <coughs> Jason looking for it. Or, or they're getting – or Mike Silver. Mike Silver. Uh, <laughs> or, they, or, or Peter King. And then, or they're watching us mm -hmm. and staying off of Twitter. That's mm -hmm. what the – Twitter yeah. has changed the NFL draft yeah. coverage – forever yeah. in that regard well, i think that's true of any live in the moment event right but it's true it's it is the where the conversation about what's happening right now is going on and so that's going to be the case for everything all right uh one Matt last Davis one this... asked that question by the way i didn't okay I didn't include his one name, last so one and i appreciate uh, all the time that yeah you've given. absolutely so here here one with this one and uh you are a New England Patriots fan, from what I've heard, correct? I am a New, am a New England Patriots so fan. How did, that, wait a minute, how did that happen from <laughs> Troy, Michigan? How did that happen? Uh, You're not, you I gave love, up on the Lions? So what happened? Or you never? I'm, I, I, I am a multi-NFL team that's fan. Good. Okay, and that's the, good. They include, I will, I'll name them. They include the Saints, who I love. I just love the Saints. I think Peyton's a, I love the way he coaches He's the now on Twitter, Sean Payton. Yeah. Um, 
a 49ers fan uh, and uh, and a Patriots fan. I've been a Patriots fan for quite some time. Did Brady have anything to do? Yeah, with him? he did. Brady and and uh, Ty Law. Oh, Ty Law, of course, yes. So yes. I was there's I, that connection. So too. there was the Ty Law, Brady, and Belichick. I just, when when Law was playing corner there, I just um, you know loved watching those guys. He's got been a great a, last name. Been a fan that's since. That's By Ty the way, Law. if you can get Tom Brady on Twitter or Belichick, I've, come on. I've, I've, have I've, you attempted? If I well, someone asked me at a conference last year who is the one person who's not on Twitter who you would love to have on Twitter, and, and my answer was Tom Brady. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it would be great. Just imagine. Just For now, great. we live vicariously through Giselle he's, and her, he's, he's, in, in, her he's, in her photos. He's great. He's the he's, he's yeah. the man. Already is the man. One last Did question. You know, see his, I don't know if you saw in advance of the first Michigan game this year. They showed uh, oh, of Tom in the locker room. You know, the, we we had uh, when Brady Coke was on. He said, you know, he was going to get Tommy. Yeah. Is he refers to him as Tommy? Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, because that's you, how you. That's how you know you're. That's how you yeah, know when you go back. That's how you know. I know. I, I, I would love to try that once with him and just see what the reaction is. <laughs> Don't do it. No. <laughs> you would do it and he would shake his and head. And then he's going to ask him shake to name on. a font after him. I mean, yeah. it is incredible who is on Twitter right now, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Because the, 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 the new leader of Iran is on yeah, Twitter. that's right. The new president is the on Twitter. The new president is on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, and the, you know, the foreign minister of Iran and Nancy Pelosi's daughter got into this exchange about the previous government's Holocaust denials just a, you know a few weeks ago. It's in, you see this stuff play out you in never public. Had those two people that used to be right. I don't know at best it happened in the United Nations behind some closed door, but probably not even there. Right, and the Pope is on, and you know when he tweets OMG, he means it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. He really. Going back, you're back. You're back behind the mic. Hey now, everybody. Track. All right, one last <laughs> oh, question. This one from is at, uh, from, from the Twitter from at J underscore uh, Robison. Uh, he asks, "What is uh, Dick's Super Bowl prediction?" Yeah. Also, oh boy. Also, his prediction on the success of an outdoor stadium for Super Bowl. Oh. So I got to tell you, that strikes me as a remarkably challenging time of year to have the game where they're having it. Very well put. Holy. Smokes yes. that tunnel traffic is going to be <laughs> a good thing. And it's on Groundhog Day. <laughs> wow, that's going to be something. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I don't. I, I'll make one. Per, I'll make one half of the Super Bowl prediction. Okay. I really like the Saints this year, and I know I could be proven. I could I be. We could go into. Night. We They're could real. go into Monday night, and I could be proven wrong when they play the. But that's still just the a, that's a week to week league. You're talking yeah, about sure. when if when when push but comes to when sh- push comes to shove. I think having. You know, having the staff back and and uh, I just love the way Breeze is playing right now. They're a fun team to watch. I really like them. So you think the Saints are going to go? And, I like the Saints. And what about? I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. Well, then how about the let's, let's then let's go short term. The Patriots against Denver. It's supposed to be, by the way, 28 degrees at kickoff of that game. Do you have any prediction for that yeah, one? Yeah, I like the Patriots. There in you that go. Game. He's a Patriots 17 fan. mile per hour wins. I'm a Patriots um, fan. Can we get can one? I ask one? Can I ask one? Can, can I please? Can I, ask, I, I just I, I, I feel better. We, I, again, I mean, I you're, asked, you're you're a businessman, and, I, and we've been talking asked, for almost uh, an hour. Time is money, Rich. I asked Wingo, Wing, uh, Trey Wingo, Ow. on the Twitter the other day yes. on Twitter about the uh, uh, caller penalty or no penalty at the end of the. Oh, and I saw his mealy mouth again. response, and 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 people accuse me of being the corporate stooge. <laughs> I saw I saw how how Trey responded to <laughs> yeah. you. It was a penalty. Yeah. There's okay. no two ways yeah. about it. Right. That you could call. Okay. Uh, should, I, should I tell Dick what my what my analogy for for Please. uncatchable was on last <laughs> yes. week's podcast? Yes, I said it. That unca- 
uncatchable is like porn. You know it when you see it. And that was a catchable ball. Uncatchable is when Gronkowski it goes 10 feet over that that gigantor's head in the end zone and and he can he could make a move to go back Certainly. for the yeah. football no and, doubt. and and yeah. and the and when the Keekley made contact the ball had not yet been intercepted but of course we can't parse that out yeah. with the help of replay yeah. um in, in in my mind pass interference should never be reviewable under replay but the Ahmad Brooks hit on Breeze in my mind should be reviewable Helmet to helmet, they should review because yeah. you could at least see if a that. helmet touched a helmet yeah. or a shoulder touched a neck. Okay, cool. good. How was that for a response? I got the answer I was looking come for. To, see, I, I, again, I, I don't here. mean I don't mean to be proprietary. Come to me on these. Can things. I go hot seat? Come <laughs> to me on these things. I know we've got to share you. Okay, we, we, that Twitter <laughs> is easy. Million upon You're million people. Next time platform. I need an answer. No, and I know you go like. I, I know you. Simmons is your go-to guy. <laughs> I know you mentioned at, at Bill Simmons. It like he needs the help. Uh, you know, I know you. I know you mentioned Bill. Although you dropped him on CNBC, and that's when I sent you. Yeah, I know. A little, that's that's hey, why I said, hey, hey there's other people out yeah, here. You know? right. <laughs> It's like the, the it's Jed. People. It's like my Jed York. How about somebody else? Maybe somebody else should get a <laughs> yes. get a get a get a shout out. Okay, so in in review, uh, in review, we're going to run the sarcasm font up the Twitter we're gonna flagpole. Run, we're going to run see how up it the flies. flagpole, and you have some clear sway. I mean, I mean, we'll I have a little. Come on. <laughs> okay, uh, and 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 the eyes and font is a serious thing. Uh, guys, I don't think the blue check mark is going to happen. I'm, I'm gonna, There's a couple of people, imposters out there. I will say that. Oh, you know? That's for true. you, so, so, right? No, so, somebody, <laughs> somebody took the underscore. Somebody away. took Topher Law. Right, there are imposters. Okay, and and um, and I, I I think we broke some business news. I don't know, but I'm just trying to Prob- get on that business. Here, yeah, well, this, well, this, this is the one question I have. He asked you about the seminal moment. What's the one thing that Twitter can do better that it doesn't do now? Ooh. I think that um, when we door, think man. about speaking for an hour. No, I think that when we think like about uh, these event, uh, events, um, when there are events in the world, the event and the conversation surrounding it unfold on Twitter, the entirety of the experience of that event can be can be much more uh, rich and engaging and uh, and deep on Twitter. So, for example, in the in the upcoming World Cup, you know, when we when when the Olympics, uh, when we're working with the Olympics. Um, in the previous Olympics, we had this Olympics event experience on Twitter. And the, the challenge when you try to put these event experiences on Twitter in front of people is they need to both capture all the best tweets. Like, you really want the best tweets so you don't miss those, right? And yet, if you only show the best tweets, you lose the roar of the crowd that really makes Twitter awesome, right? You've, Twitter's got this roar of the crowd, the roar of the street that really makes it feel alive. And you have to balance that. Here's all the best stuff. And here's the roar of the crowd and the volume of the crowd. And doing that visually and making that clear to people visually is a uh, interesting design challenge, but one that I, one that I want us to keep working yeah, on. Yeah, sometimes I'll just tweet out, it's week 12, I'm excited. And that gets retweeted right. like... Yeah. Right, uh, uh, dozens of times, yeah. and I'm like, "Wow, that's the roar of the crowd." Like, right. you said, or you said the right goal, yeah, yeah, right. That's right. The just roar people excited. Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. And my last question for you is: 140 characters in violet, or are you ever thinking about maybe 145? Would you ever, <laughs> even, would you ever think of of adding more characters? I think the 140 characters is sacrosanct as the caption to whatever else is going on. How did on. you come we'll, up with 140? It was uh, it, it, uh, the the guys when they started it. There was a 160 character constraint 
on inter-mobile operator SMS messages. Yeah, SMS things, um, yeah. And so the 140 came from, well, we'll use 15 of the 160 characters for the username. So you can see who the tweet came from, the 140 characters uh, for the tweet. And then we'll reserve five characters for whatever else we need them for, and then we never ended up needing them. So they'll ne you'll never see I a... don't think it will change the 140 characters. Never. Because I mean, be if, if you did it, it would be just sort of like the the sixteen game regular season schedule in the NFL. There'd be asterisks, right? We could sit there. I, I could I could look at my son and say, I remember when <laughs> right. I only had one hundred and forty characters yeah. to tweet out. We didn't out. have what all, we all didn't the have, characters you yes. kids have today. Sideways sleep right. coming in exactly. my face. Walking you know up I mean? there, there was no eyes in font. Hard, <laughs> hard as it is to believe, there was no eyes in font. Yes. Uh. Dick, thanks so much for yeah. coming on. You are thanks the man. Congratulations me. to everything Please. that's gone on with you and your company and Go Blue. Why no blue checkmark for you? <laughs> yeah, why no blue uh, checkmark well, for you? Well, we generally don't verify Twitter employees. You guys have no shot. No shot. You guys have no shot. No shot at all. We're just having to get the old-fashioned way, Rich. We're going to have to earn it. That's right. Dick <laughs> Costello, the CEO of Twitter here on the Rich Eisen Podcast. That's awesome, guys, right there. Yeah, we, we just said it off air. Probably the first billionaire I've ever met. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Idiots. I mean, I, I, we just got an hour from the, the CEO of Twitter. Amazing. Hour, hour and, and, and when I walked in and he was solo, he Wait. was posseless to all those folks out there. I mean, and 25 won, minutes early. 25 minutes early, posseless. That's an executive. There's no, there is no handler. There was no there was no PR person sitting there making sure that the CEO was being asked questions within the boundaries. Yep. That's that's solo. Good to know. I, I thought we should say that. Tip, yeah. tip. That's a tip for the future. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Because I had asked, I had asked, I was like, hey, can you give me the names of people that are coming? Because NFL security, they can be a little tight. They're like, no, like, just him. No, he's, he's flying solo. I'm like, is he driving or does he have car service? He's like, we're not sure. <laughs> Well, you know what? That's the way Michigan men do it's it. It's awesome. Ohio State people would come with eight people. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real dude. That was a great conversation. We, we, we hit a lot of things, but um, I yeah, thought it I mean, was interesting. I, I, you know, what, what are your I, guys I thoughts really on? wanted to break business news. I just don't know if we did. I don't know. Did I not ask, did I not ask the right questions for business news? I, I mean, don't know if the Eisen font is uh, making... The, the, the CNN squawk box ticker. Is it going to make the ticker? It, if it does happen, dude, though, by the way, though, dude, factor. take it from someone. You have that in your profile yeah, that I you do. speak in the sarcasm font. I, like, it's, it's something. A, it's a good point. Dude. It's a, it's a good point. Could you imagine? I tweet mainly in the sarcastic font. That's what that you, you have my, it in your profile. That would, make, that, that would make getting rid of the tuck rule nothing. I mean, that would be a blip on <laughs> oh, the radar. gosh. What's your guys' take? Because I, I come away with this. In what we do in television and stuff is it's good to listen to the audience and stuff, but at a certain point you can't let the tail wag the dog. Hey, and listen, taking... all I know is this. I, I, I explained it, and, and I'm not telling any tales out of school. The way that the network is run and our content is put on the air and the way it is produced is different than when we first started. There's yeah. no doubt. When we were a mom and pops, you know, a small little engine that could and then got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, there's more and more people who come in and say, we should do it this way, we should do it that way, and then we listen to the way the knobs turn, focus group this, focus group that, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't listen to what people are out there saying, but sometimes you just have to stay true to who you are as a broadcast unit and just go ahead yeah. and, and do it. 
And now that Twitter's got to turn a profit, I mean, the stock is right around the mid-40s, which values it at a $46 billion company. And, you know, that's why I figured I should ask him. And he's basically saying it's, it's going to be just as is. We'll just get more and more people on it is essentially what he was saying. And more ads in the. I do like how they do the ads in the stream of your timeline. In the stream, it's not clunky or cumbersome. It doesn't get in the well, way. That's of why anything. I asked him, "Am I going to ever right. see a pop-up?" There ad. aren't too right. many either, which which is good. What what, what I what could you imagine is, how much a pop-up ad oh every time you turn on your Twitter would be? And I know I would just roll my eyes and I'd click the X button to get it but off. Still, even on your but phone too, it would be it would be annoying. How much? No, but how much that would you can monetize oh. that for business-wise? Of course. Yeah. But, but everyone on but that's Twitter, a man when you cares, turn it on, but you can tell that he cares about the product and keeping it true to the how they built it. But w- w- when the show like Good Morning America goes from what it what it was to, it's a little bit more of a of a OMG insider type show now because that's people's attention spans are so short. You're taking CNN has news shows that are no longer news. It's it's got to be. I, I'm flash old school. This. I'm old so school. One one of the my favorite things I used to do for Total Access and Sports Center was write the open, the open of the show, which would be a minute, minute and fifteen seconds long, where we would have sound bites from the day. Sure, you'd write around it. Of course, the best ever at it, Keith Olbermann. His opens to Sports Center were works of art, works of art, funny, informative, next level, float. Deep. Oh my lord. And that was what I aspired to when I was there. His opens. Yeah. Now opens are he'll he'll have an open on his show because it's right. his show. But now opens are sort of like a, a thing of the past. It's like quick sound bite, quick sound bite, quick this, quick that. Boom, you're off and running. Game day morning, game day morning. We take it from game day first, and they throw to us for a question. Now we're off and running. So it's a no seamless transli- transition. So there's no open. There's no setting the stage. For having having written. Goes. Some the total access opens for right. a few years. I can't tell you how many of my creative ideas get chopped up. But I mean, when you take a look at everything, when things get bigger, and things have to suddenly answer to a profit, right, or, or a margin, things might change, and that's why I wanted to ask him that. Let's uh, let's quickly pick some pick games. Some games, yeah. This we, week is another one. We of all those. got the Saints correct, right? We yeah. did. Okay. Um, Real quick, because uh, we got to all get out of Dodge here. Um, Panthers, Dolphins. Anybody think the Dolphins pull that one off? I, uh, I hear I, silence. I, I sort of want to take the Dolphins. I have but the Panthers. I don't I'm, think that they. Could I've run the Panthers train three three weeks in a row. Now. Rams coming off a bye, taking on the Bears. I am taking the St. Louis Rams at home. I am also. I am too. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the Bears. I'm gonna take the Bears. I like yeah. the Rams coming off of a bye week. I that off that defensive line and. Uh, everyone should seek out our Hall of Fame show with Howie Long. We asked him about his sons facing one another during the season. This is the game. Yeah. And it's not like his sons are like like Archie, who sits up there and watches one son take the right. ball and the other son take the ball. When the ball is snapped, <laughs> there's going to be times where Chris is lined up on Kyle. That's right. He he uh, he used the phrase, it's... A car crash every snap. It's every simultaneous snap. car wreck. And uh, what did Warren Sapp say in our meeting before? He said, Kyle will block Chris and his dad. Yeah, he loves Kyle. He loves him. Um, Texans, Jaguars. Home. Texans have to take that one, Home right? Home team, right, yeah. Home Case team. Keenum hasn't won a game yet. Can you believe they were 2-0? 2-0. They've lost and their first straight. game, their first game, they had to come from way behind in San Diego to win that well, game. Can you believe that Ed Reed hasn't won a game this season? Lost... 
all of them with oh, the Texans. Right, and his first and with his the first Jets. One with the Jets. Well, I'll tell you what, he's going to lose this week too. Anybody taking the Jets in Baltimore? Uh, no. No, I'm not either. Although it's their even week or odd week, so they should win. That's going to break up. There's no way that if Geno Smith is a turnover machine in western New York against Buffalo, it's going to be a blizzard in Baltimore. And I'll tell you what, Matt Sims should, should be warming up. Really? You think so? They're five, the Jets are 5-5. Five and five. If they're going to have a quarterback who's, who can't keep the ball secured deep in his own end, you can't have that quarterback out there, regardless of whether you're trying to figure out if he's the quarterback of the future. The Jets have a playoff possibility here. They There's do. two five and they five do. teams and, and, and a train of four and six behind them. The, the, no doubt, they're in the hunt. Um, Chiefs, Chargers, Chiefs bounce back. Yes, no, big time. Chiefs bounce back. Yeah, I division agree. game though. But Packers, does, do the Packers get their first non-Aaron Rodgers win? Yes. Man, you know, I I think they win this game, but I think the Vikings give them a game. I agree, and I take the Packers. Uh, Brown Steelers. Steelers on a roll. Big Ben slinging it. Steelers as well. I'm taking the Browns. Taking the Browns at home. I am. It's not a bad pick. This is a toss-up game. Lions, Titans. I mean, Lions, Bucks. I want to take McGlennon so bad, but I'm no going to take Oh, somebody asked, the by the Lions. way. They asked me. I think they meant to ask It's you, on purpose. Why McGlennon? I know. but it, It's on Because he looks like McLovin. Well, he, I, he's, he looks like he's 11. Right. I, I responded. Sap kind of said it as a misnomer. He kind of screwed up his name. And then we, and it's just it's perfect. Yeah, we, we convinced him to keep keep using it. And <laughs> Do the Raiders go to 5 and 6? Yes. Of course. Matt McGloin getting the start again. Nice. I'd say yes, too. Colts, Cardinals. I'm going to take Arizona. I'm taking Arizona as well. Uh, and that's a clean sweep. Bruce Arians podcast bump. It's a clean sweep. Without Colts, Wayne. Colts can't run the ball, and, and luck kind of. Trent Richardson might miss the game, too. Cowboys, the Giants. Game. It's going to be 20 degrees in that game, Rich. I'm taking the G-men. G-men. Clean sweep. Wow. Wow. Can you believe that? Somebody's going to have to win a road game. Right now, we've all, the only road team that we've picked are the are the Panthers. I, I've taken the Steelers, but yes, you're, uh-huh. you're correct. And you took the Bears, Law. Yeah. Um, Pats, Broncos. Again, weather a factor. Patriots. I'm, I'm taking the Patriots, too. My toggle right now is on the Broncos. I think I'm switching it over. I heard Good use of toggle. 22 degrees. And uh, nobody thinks uh, there's fight left in old D.C. outside of the locker room, correct? No chance. What do you make of this RG3 stuff, by the way? Uh, I don't know what to make of it, other than the fact that, you know, Silver said on Thursday Night Football that there's a lot of people in that organization that think that RG3 is talking too much. He but, threw his teammates the under way, the bus when it was his fault, too. We have, said, we have been but how do we know? But here's the question. How did we wind up knowing it was his fault? Well, somebody spoke. Yeah. That's the problem. He's been talking. But he a lot. spoke to, first. He I said. Know. He said the routes. He's been run. talking since the off season, Rich. Yeah. Operation patience. What was it? Lo- uh, Tootsie rolls and lollipops. Or? All right, at Chris Law, at Chris Brockman. Good chant. What do you good think? Good shot at it. No the, chance. You get blue check mark. Dude, I, I, no chance. I, no, chance. no chance. No chance. No chance at the blue check mark. Uh, like I said, Rich, I'm going to earn it the old fashioned way. The Eisen font. The sarcasm font. Poll question at Twitter. Poll question. What? Which has a better chance of happening? Blue check mark. Blue check mark. Or or eyes eyes and font. font. Love it. Do it. Absolutely. Post question. it. Don't just say it. No, no. I'll post it. All right. Love it. Uh, follow uh, Dick Costello. Uh, Dick Dick Costello. Pardon me. At uh, at Dick C is his Twitter handle, and of course at Twitter. Want to thank everybody. As in a his Richard, though, staff. Rich, how do you feel about him going as Dick? I think it's to each their own. Excellent. But you would never do it, of course. Well, I, I, I you know, I thought about it as uh, a sportscaster. Dick Stockton, right? Dickie Eisen. But Dick Dick Eisen just doesn't work for me. Doesn't roll off the tongue. No, it does not. But, <laughs> it, you know, it's better than Richie right now. <laughs> In the NFL, there's only one of them. 
Thanks, guys. I appreciate <laughs> Thank it. You, Thank you, sir. Thank you all for listening. We'll chat with you next week. Our guests next week, Gillian Jacobs in studio, Dennis Miller on the phone. Do we have anything else lined up? We will up? have a player guest uh, to be determined. There's a few hooks out there. It depends and on the guess who's go. coming in to watch games on Sunday. Who's that? Ms. Jacobs. In advance ah. of her podcast appearance. Excellent. Peace out. Booyah. Oh, me, Cookie Monster. Yeah, me always listen to the Rich Eisen podcast. It's me favorite podcast. Yeah, me listen on NFL.com. Oh, and it's also on iTunes, just in case you not know that. Oh, me going to go listen right now. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening, dear friends.